Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Once again, I want to thank you for making our show one of the most listened to shows on 620 AM, 1640 AM, and through WVIP 93.5 FM, all in the tri-state area, and of course, internationally, anytime, anywhere, through the various podcast outlets you can download us on, including iHeart, iTunes, and Spotify. We have a huge show tonight, so welcome into my corner. I hope you've had a meaningful, busy week, because I know I have, and While it's summer and it's beautiful weather, it's actually very hot weather where I am, there are still many things going on that we haven't had going on in a while. And I want to share with you one of the exciting things that I found out about this week that I am going to be partaking in that I'm going to be sharing with you as we move forward. Many people are very concerned in New York about coming to visit and coming to stay and traveling here as tourists because they see the headlines every day. And I know the same thing's going on in Chicago. I know it's going on in Los Angeles. It's going on in parts of Miami. And there are many people like myself who want to get back to events, who want to get back to featuring brand new fashion, starting new businesses in the food area. There are many people that are going to be debuting new books in the fall. So a bunch of us have gotten together and we're talking about what ways we can make it happen that it's safe and fun and that we could share our experiences with the people that follow us. And we've come up with several ideas and here's where you guys come in. What are your, um, what are some of your ideas about coming back to New York city about spending a day as a tourist in Los Angeles, Chicago, Dallas, Miami, you name it, any of the cities that are making the headlines now for violence. Because our show, my show, is all about entertainment, is all about trends, is all about front row seats at big events, And it's a very big part of my life. And it's really the first time a lot of you met me was through following me in social media at various events. So I need your help to tell me what you think we should do. We have a couple of ideas. We're going to be doing this as a team together. One of my ideas is going to be tied into the show and it's going to be coming in August. I have a very big expansion happening with the show. Thanks to you, my loyal fans, my loyal audience. 
my family via radio. And I want to hear from you. So write to me through my website, through the various social media outlets you can reach me at, including Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And share me share with me your thoughts, your ideas. Because if we do it as a big group, we will be successful and we will be able to win our cities back against the criminals that think it is a joke to cause crime and fear in people's lives. We have a huge show tonight. So after the commercial, our first guest. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. We are here with Lisa Young, a very well-known nutritionist, best-selling author. She's been featured in cover stories from the New York Post to uh, papers across the country. She's been a guest on many radio shows. Uh, She teaches nutrition, and she's going to tell you a little bit about tips post-COVID, and getting back to a healthy, mindful eating pattern. Welcome to the show, Lisa. It's wonderful to be here. Well, uh, Lisa, you are the perfect example of actually being a success story from something that you teach people, and that is you are somebody who is healthy and who teaches others how to be healthy with their nutritional uh, needs. So tell us a little bit about your philosophies for nutrition and what we can do. It's now midsummer, but a lot of us are thinking already about fall and getting back to routines, and we can't just be couch potatoes. Okay, so I believe, first of all, that all foods fit. I don't believe in rigid diets, rigid eating plans where you have to eat this at a certain time of day. I also don't believe that people need to sit and count calories. Rather, I think what's most important is making healthy choices, crowding it out, as I say, eating more of the right foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, chicken, fish, beans. Yes, you could have nuts and seeds and avocado and healthy fat and eating more of the healthy foods so that you then don't want to eat as much of the unhealthy foods. But of course, the question, of course, that's what I think is most important is not just what you eat, but we need to pay attention to how much we're eating. I think fruits and veggies are freebies. No one got fat from bananas. No one got fat from carrots. But we can eat, you know, nuts are good, avocados good, fat is having its heyday with the keto, but you can't eat unlimited amounts of these things. Too much could potentially be problematic. So when you say uh, that people could eat endless fruit and endless vegetables, a lot of people are trying to do plant-based and... I hear from a lot of people that are doing plant-based that they're not losing weight because they're eating so much sugar and fruit. Is that a myth or a fact that if you eat too much fruit with its sugar, even though it's natural, it doesn't help you lose weight? I think that, first of all, you raise an important trend, Cindy. Plant-based is definitely the buzz. It's definitely in. 
But I think what's causing the prevention of weight loss from plant-based is absolutely not the blueberries, the cherries, and the watermelon. If anything, I think it would be not to, you know, demonize any food because all foods fit, but I sooner think it would be from the avocados, the nuts, the seeds. People are putting globs of peanut butter in a smoothie. I'd rather you enjoy a little bit of peanut butter on your toast, but if you're putting peanut butter and avocado into a smoothie, your liquid smoothie can now have 800 calories. Same thing where I'll just have a salad. We know the Mediterranean diet is good. We know that olive oil is good, but we don't want to pour olive oil on top of everything we eat. Yes, it's plant-based. That is where people are going to gain weight. But I don't think that it's from the bananas or the carrots. I, I just, and I think you would have a stomach ache if you also look to feel your internal hunger, go to your inner wisdom. How hungry are you? Are you satisfied? Don't just keep eating fruit because it's quote free. I think if you enjoy what it is that you're eating and you take a minute to slow down and to stop, I think that is particularly important as well. So I'm going to go to the other extreme right now because I just had a listener uh, text me a question about the extreme of all the meat that everybody is eating, the burger craze, the cheeseburger craze, the uh, macaroni, bacon, and cheeseburger craze. People are eating that a lot. What do you say when uh, patients come to you and ask you about eating that in a diet? That's where I say portion control, portion control, portion control is so important. You want to eat meat, want to eat red meat, I think once a week, if you have, you know, a small steak, whether it's the size of your palm or two palms, you know, three ounces is is a palm, but not where you have, you know, a 20 ounce steak with one broccoli fillet. You want to make sure half your plate are veggies. And if you have half the plate, you know, non-starchy veggies, there's room on your plate for a piece of meat. But I don't think there's room on your plate for the, for the meat to take up the entire plate, for that to also be every single meal of the day. You have a best-selling book called Finally Phil, Finally Slim. Readers can get it on Amazon and in best-selling bookstores. Tell us a little bit about the book. It came out, I think, about two years ago. If I'm came out in 2019, exactly. So, and it's just as popular today as it was when it first debuted. And the uh, tips you give are just as important. What would you say would be the three uh, most? I don't want to say important or most memorable, but if if you want to give a quick. Uh, summary, three takeaways from the book that our listeners should uh, follow and then get the book and uh, go into it more, delve into it. Okay. So I think that what you want to do and what I, when I write in my book, finally full, finally slim is it's a lifestyle approach. So I don't believe that you're either on a diet and then the next day you're off a diet. You want to create an eating plan that works for you. And even all the research that shows low carb versus low fat, do a plan that you can stick with. That's the better eating plan. And you can be healthy both ways. That's one tip. Another is create healthy habits. It's not just about 
the nutrition. I mean, I'm a nutritionist, but eating is a behavior. So you want to create healthy habits, healthy behaviors. Eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, recognize internal cues and enjoy the company that you're with, eat slowly and cultivate healthy habits. And then the third is again, practice plate therapy, right? Instead of counting calories and measuring and weighing everything, half your plate should be fruits and veggies, a quarter healthy starch like sweet potato, uh, baked potato, butternut squash, quinoa, and then a quarter healthy protein. It could be a plant-based protein like beans or tofu, or it could be fish or chicken with once in a while allowing that red meat. So tell our audience a little bit about your background in nutrition. So my background in nutrition is I have both a master's and a PhD from NYU um, in nutrition. And I'm also um, an adjunct faculty member where I've been teaching for 25 years um, at NYU as well. And I have an undergrad degree in healthcare administration and healthcare. And I never wanted to be a medical doctor because I'd rather, my dad's a cardiologist, but I would rather keep people healthy by helping them eat well and eat a proper healthy diet. Not a fad, not something they're on today, then rather wait until they're sick where they then have to change and overhaul their habits. Create a healthy food environment, surround yourself with healthy people, you know, healthy people, mentally healthy people too, and also healthy foods. And then it'll be much easier for you to be healthy. What do you think about the craze? And I, I'm a, guilty of this as well, because I just baked it myself. But the cakes that are almond flour with a coconut oil with cocos chips instead of, you know, uh, regular milk chocolate and what's called, I guess, a healthier uh, dessert, so to speak. Uh, what is the nutritional value as compared to a regular piece of cake? Cake is cake. And it might be a little bit healthier if you bake it with some, you know, you use healthier flour or, or something, but it's still not going to be lowering calories. And so it's important to realize that if you like the taste with the healthier flours and the healthier sugars, by all means, go for it. But we have a term, Cindy, called health halo. And people often think if something is gluten-free or um, meat-free or this-free, I could eat as much as I want. And at the end of the day, we have to remember there's no free lunch. That's a key that we need to remember. Where can our listeners uh, find you and follow up with you? Okay, so my website is drlisayoung.com. And on my website, drlisayoung.com, I have contact info. You could shoot me an email, lisa at drlisayoung.com. You can also, there's a link to my books, um, The Finally Full, Finally Slim, and my earlier book, The Portion Teller. You can check it out. And I have links to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everything else. And you can find out, I also blog for US News & World Report, as well as for my own website. So feel free to reach out. And I'm always happy to help people become healthier. And I have to tell you, as a follower, I could actually share with you, Lisa has one of the easiest, but it's the most uh, beautiful. Your graphics are really pretty and they're very easy to understand. It's very uh, inviting to somebody who wants to learn healthy tips and a healthy lifestyle. Because as Lisa always 
uh, emphasizes, it's not really the food, it's the whole lifestyle, the whole pattern. We didn't even get into exercise. We didn't get into getting back to routines, but our time is up. So Lisa Young, thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Cindy. And it's great to be on. Thank you. Thank you. Selling a home can be expensive and stressful. Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. Just ask Joseph M. from Brooklyn. Remax IQ made it easy. No for sale sign. I had offers in days. I saved $10,000 in commission and I was in contract fast. If you're thinking of selling, Remax IQ has created a smarter home selling experience. Our successful real estate agents in New York will sell your home for as little as 2% commission and get you top dollar, stress-free, and fast. To learn more, call 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. We're not a discount broker. We're Remax IQ. Speak with a top agent today. 800-800-1372. That's 800-800-1372. Or visit RemaxIQ.com. Terms and conditions apply. Visit www.RemaxIQ.com slash disclaimer. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Joining us now is a very special fashion designer because I think this is probably the first fashion designer joining us that's actually been a winner from Project Runway. Sebastian Gray has been getting rave reviews since his season on the show on Bravo. And uh, he really has brought to light... uh, New designs involving weaving of leathers and silks, pastel combinations, and he's here to discuss his new collections, what's going on with Fashion Week, and we're going to get a preview of two special projects coming up. Welcome to the show, Sebastian. Cindy, thank you so much, and thank you for that introduction. Like you say, yes, after winning the show, like a lot of crazy things start happening, and I've been nonstop, and it's a little crazy. Actually, today I was running since this morning, and I was doing so many things to be able to get here on time. So thank you guys for the invitation. Well, we're happy to have you. We, our uh, audience really respects the work you've done and how you really built a collection that's really head-to-toe, uh, the floral sandals, the matching beach bags, the... Uh, coats that you could wear in so many different ways and uh, I got a little preview of the newest collection with the gorgeous belt with that beautiful floral design in front where does the inspiration come from well for me inspiration came from like everywhere like even from this conversation I can start getting inspired to create something but like lately, uh, I went to school and I did a master's on management on luxury brands. And they were always very like try to connect like who you are and what are your feelings and what are you going through in that moment and what is going in the world to inspire a collection. So they teach me to connect like social issues and my own personal uh, emotions and how to build these collections. And I guess that that's why people can see something more personal about myself in, in, in the things I've been building. And right now the collection I'm creating is called Opulence in Dark Times because you know, for the pandemic, everybody was in lockdown, we were at home and we were trying to look for 
things to do. So the collection is very like, um, how we can say like friendly with the people that is gonna buy it because everything is upcycled. Uh, we actually build the entire collection with materials from like Trip Shop, Salvation Army, Goodwills. So the idea for this is to teach people that we can take these pieces that they, we don't see as a, as a more use and we can transform it in something new. So the dress and the belt that you saw is made with um, canes or sodas and they're melting and they're making the, the belts in, in, in this uh, in these materials, like the jackets and the dresses are made from leather coats that we found on the on the trip shops. And we just like cut it and repattern and repatchwork and redo these materials again to create something new out of something that was already made and maybe people don't so they can have a new life. And this is actually for a new TV show I'm being part of that is called The Collective. We are 15 designers from different reality TV shows. So I want to take this opportunity to be on TV again and, and teach something to the audience and my followers and the people that has been supporting my, my career so far that we can rebuild and recreate things, even with things that we have at home. So that's, that's the idea and the purpose of, of this collection. And when is the new TV show coming out and where? It's going to be air on October. It's going to be live streaming. So people can go and buy tickets on eventbrite.com to see uh, the behind of the scene. So it's, it's a new concept because we're going to be live. So it's no editing. They're going to see all the crazy things going on. It's going to be an entire week of live streaming. Uh, it's going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we're going to have like all this week at the fittings. We're going to have the live runway show. So people can purchase the tickets that are $75 to go to the, to the runway show in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and $10 only to see it on online. So it's going to be something really excited. And right now we are trying to work at where it's going to be. They are not telling us anything yet. So hopefully it can be a place where we can reach a lot of audience to, to teach them how to rebuild the things they have at home. Everybody's going to ask me, Cincinnati? Yeah, I know. I asked the same to the producers because I was like, Cincinnati? And they were like, yeah, he's the biggest, um, how you can say, audience for reality fashion TV shows. Wow. So that's why we're going to start there because the idea of the show is to be traveling in different cities around the United States to do runway shows and support the community of fashion in these small cities to showcase their work with us and put their brands out there. So let me ask you, do you still keep in touch with people from Project Runway? Of course, of course. I still have in contact with Nina, with Carly, with Christian. Actually, I think I bother him like 100% because all the time when a deal comes to me or something like that I don't know from the business side, I always like, Christian, how I have to deal with this? How I have to ask for this? How I can like... The percentage for this or whatever so he he's always like super involved in in all those processes so it's, it's really is really helpful to have them there and of course with the participants with Vishmi, we talk a lot uh with tessa tessa actually is part of this new tv show too so yeah we're still in contact and we're still talking to each other are you going to be in uh new york for new york fashion week i don't know yet Hopefully, I have a meeting with somebody from CFDA in a couple of days. 
So you never know. Maybe they just want to check in how I'm doing, or maybe they want to do an invitation. You never know what can happen. But right now, I'm going to present this collection that I'm building right now. It's going to be on Costa Rica Fashion Week. So I'm going to be in August uh, 2 from August 2 to 7, and the entire week there presenting this collection. Then we're going to do some other things in Las Vegas, and then we're going to Cincinnati. It sounds like you're busy. COVID didn't stop you. It inspired you. Tell us a little bit about your personal life and what you do for fun. Oh, my God. Right now, I asked that to myself, like, what I'm doing with my life. I just wake up. I work. I work. I work. And I go to bed. Like, right now, I don't have time, like, to do, like, kind of, like, fun things, like people will say. But I have fun doing my, my jobs. And I have fun like recreating all these pieces that were already made and like, okay, how we can going to do something new out of this. So that's my life right now. And, and hopefully I can have a little break to have fun. And for me, fun will be like travel, go to other places. And I think my husband has something prepared for me to go somewhere in October. So let's see how that's going to be. But normally like what I do is like maybe go to the beach or take one of the old books. Uh, I like the Kabbalah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kabbalah. And I like to like re-understand how is the process of be more honest with who you are and with other people out there because Kabbalah is basically like destroy your ego and understand what are the things that make you pull, pull back to be able to move forward. So I try to connect with those things uh, every time. Well, it sounds like you have a very interesting life and your brain is always working. It's amazing. Who would you like to dress that you haven't dressed yet besides me? I would like to dress, uh, of course, a dream will be Lady Gaga because it's like a fashion icon. Uh, I think Christian Seriano knows her. (laughs) I think he's dressed her. And Brandon, they both are dressing her already. But they have so many stylists and they have such a status already as a celebrities. They, they is very complicated. So hopefully one day I can I can go there and, and, and dress and be with her and make something really special for her. Oh, uh-huh. And you don't have to tell us a name, but have you had a very bad experience dressing a celebrity? So far, thankful not. But something that was a little sad. Uh, it was uh, we make this this they, they they call me to make a dress for a commercial, right? To get inspired for something in a commercial, and they never told me for who was the dress. They just told me like make a dress, and we need it ready in one week. So I was like, okay, I was running like crazy. I create the dress in one week. They made me fly to Los Angeles for an entire week to wait for the celebrity. Uh, I didn't know who the celebrity was. They just told me do a dress. And when we get to the fitting, it didn't fit. And I was like, but wait a minute. Like, you never told me who the person was. You don't send me measurements. Like, you just told me make a dress. So that was a little harsh for me. But she was the sweetest person ever. I love the fact that you have a beautiful line of bags and accessories that people, you know, don't usually put your name associated with. And... They are really beautiful. Where can people find the uh, products to buy? The dresses, the jackets, and the accessories? 
So everything can be purchased on my website or they can go to my Instagram. There is I am Sebastian Gray or my website there is johnsebastiangray.com. And there we have everything. And right now the model of business that we have is pre-order. So everything is pre-ordered and is produced in Colombia right now. So it takes a couple of times to get delivered. So the process is like, as soon as you make the purchase, it takes an entire month to the product be produced because everything is sourced, uh, being friendly with the environment. So we try to not have stock and don't have like mass produced products and we only sell what people is buying. So that's how we are working on it. What would you say to the uh, wannabe fashion designers that are listening to us? What would be like the best tip you could give them? I think the best tip for me will be like be true to who they are. And I know it is really difficult to find your own voice, but it's always those emotional connections with your past and with your roots and with who you really are. In my case, it was, I was always like struggling in under, to understand who I was as a designer. It was actually when I was here in the United States that I realized how much I miss my family and my culture and all the things I was doing there, that that became part of my DNA and who I am and, and, and my history as a designer. So it is always those those personal connections that make you who you are and they can set you apart from the rest of the designers that we have in the world. So who inspired you to go into designing? It was like all the time was me, actually. I think everything started when I was like seven years old and they took me to a ballet play and I was seeing the costumes and everything in the, in the, in the, in the play and I was in love. And I say to my mom, can you take me to this school? But my mom was like, they have to make like 3,000 tests to be able if you have the capacities to be a ballet dancer. And I was like, yes, I want to do it. So it was there in the school when they were preparing uh, the outfits for the place and they were doing the black swan, they were doing uh, how do you, the, the nutcracker and all these plays, they were like so amazing and the costumes were so beautiful that I went always to the sewing room and instead of feeding the costumes, I was sitting in the machines with seamstress in school, like let me teach me how to do this and then I go back to my home and with the little like pieces of leather that I have from my father, because he's been working his entire life with leather, uh, I started doing like little jackets and little dresses and little things with like patchwork. So it's something that they start coming like naturally. Like it was, I, I will say that the thing that inspired me to go to fashion was my ballet school. That's incredible because that's not an answer we would normally expect from a fashion designer. Usually it's say, oh, it was Calvin Klein or it was, you know, Yves Saint Laurent or Chanel, not ballet school. So we know you discuss everything you discussed so far is one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the show. One of a kind, original, depend, you know, rely on yourself and your own instincts and be happy. I mean, everybody's listening and they could feel your smile through the uh, interview. Thank you. And it's like from cheek to cheek. <laughs> and, uh, it, and that's why your clothes. One other thing I noticed about um, your uh, fashion line, and I know a lot of designers, I work with a lot of designers, and I noticed you don't have a lot of black in your uh, fashions. You have a lot of color. 
And you, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, color is because I came from a Latin country, right? So we are surrounded by color. And actually in the city I grew up, or actually in Colombia, we don't have seasons. Like if a city is cold, it's cold the entire year. If a city is hot, it's hot the entire year. If it's like uh, spring in a city, it's spring the entire year. So we don't have that experience of go through seasons and change our wardrobes. So in my case, I'm from Cali, Colombia, and it's a city that is sunny 24-7, 36 days of the year. And we have so many fruits. We have so many flowers. We, have, we, we are one of the countries with the most variety of orchids. So we are surrounded by color 24-7, and I, and I guess that translates into the experience that you have and how you see things. But it's very very surprising that you say I don't have black because this new collection have a lot of it. And, and it was something like, kind of like weird for me. And actually when I start showing this collection to my, to my mentor, the, he is, name is Maximo Casagrande. He was actually the designer for Versace for the men's line. And I show him and he was like, What's going on here? Why everything is black? You're always so full of color. And we say, I don't know, I guess I'm a little depressed with the situation in the world. So it's reflected in the clothes. So I start adding a little bit of white and red and trying to put the story together because like when it's called opulence in dark time, you have this personal like story that is like my experience as a ballet dancer and when I saw the movie, The Black Swan, the Natalie Portman was, mm-hmm. I think was the winner for Best Actress Thanks Correct. to the movie. I was shocked when I saw the movie because I was like, that was exactly how I feel when I was a ballet dancer. You have no off days. You have to practice, 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 practice to get to that point of perfection when your leg needs to go to the top of your head and you need to hold it there, when you need to do the pirouettes and all these movements, they are not normal for our bodies, but we train so hard to make it look so easy. I was like, I want to talk about this because it's exactly how I feel when I was a ballet dancer. So the way we are trying to tell the story of of this collection is we're going to start with white, in little rivets and it's kind of like a mix of punk because when I was young in the ballet school, if you saw me when I was young, it's like a totally different person. I was having my hair with colors, like rivets all over, like a very punk style, very streetwear, even when I don't know the concept of streetwear in that moment. So I tried to mix all this and, and, and make it a little bit more elevated and everything is tailored We start with why, trying to connect the story with who she was in the beginning of the movie, that she was very pure and actually is connecting to me because when I went to ballet school, I was a baby. So the only thing I knew was school and home. So you don't know anything. And then on some point, she started discovering uh, that she go outside, the boys, the discotheques, the drugs, and actually what it was happening to me when I finished school I started, I was be able to go outside and discover so many things and you get a little bit wild. So then we start 
seeing this mix and this play with black and white because it's like that pure side of yourself and that like more funky and risky side that you have that we represented with the black. We start seeing the colors mixing in black and white. And then in the end of the movie, she dies in looking for that perfection. So we finish with tones of like black and uh, white and red, black and red. And then we finish just with red because she, she died at the end of the movie. Right. That's how we try to tell this. So now we have the whole preview, but we really now have to see it. Sebastian Gray, our audience can find your wonderful designs that are really award-winning in more ways than one. Your great accessories online, through Instagram, through your website. They are really worth taking a look at and purchasing. Thank you so much for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner. Thank you, Cindy, for the invitation. It was a pleasure, and I hope... Everybody that is listening and watching this interview can get inspired and understand a little bit more about this crazy world called fashion. It's a lot of fun, too, and you know that. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo, and I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner along with the amazing Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Joining us now is a legend of daytime, a familiar face. She made not one, but two characters so well-known and loved, even if you loved to hate them. Welcome to our show, Tonya Walker. Hi, thank you for such a sweet, wonderful, complimentary introduction. I only speak the I love your show, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, well, the show thank is you. so good. Thank we need you. to have one of those. <gasps> yeah. Well, thank you so Welcome. much. So tell it's us, true. tell well, us what it is like to be a legend. And uh, do you miss daytime TV? Oh, yeah. I love working. You know, I love working at something I love. I mean, who doesn't? Um, I think that that's the most important thing about um, my life is that that I've gotten to work at things I really love to do. Um, You never, there's an old saying that says that if you really love your work, you've never worked a day in your life. And, um, and I sort of believe that there's a, there's a sense of purpose that you feel you were born with. And the talents that you know you have, you have that other people want to see. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. So I love that, you know. But I'm also, I also know that other people deserve an opportunity to experience that. Also, which character did you like better, Olivia or Alex? <laughs> well, I loved them both, really, but. Um, if I had been allowed to have the latitude that I was allowed to have with Alex, I could have made her just magnificent. I, I remember I ran into uh, Jack Nicholson at the Breeders' Cup while I was on the show. And he was standing up where the food was. So he was at Hollywood Park and there was a couple feet above me. He's not a very tall guy, but don't tell him that. So he's coming down the stairs and he's standing up there, standing there. And I said, 
I just have to tell you that I play a bad guy on TV and um, I've stolen everything I possibly can from you. And he said, always play the bad guy. It pays better. He was one of the people, he was one of the people I drew from because he could do terrible things with Olivia, but he had a sense of humor about it. And so people wanted to see what he was going to do next. So I kept trying to play her so that people could understand some level of the pain. And, um, and then you had to admire her determination. It wasn't somebody I was going to give up. Now, Alex, Alex was brought in as a uh, FBI agent or FAB agent, they called it, called her, um, to work with the police, which would have been Bo Buchanan. And, uh, and she was a good chick. She was a good girl. But then we got a new producer. And thank God, I thought it was bad, but it was good. She wanted to kill me off. So that was bad. But the way she wanted to kill me off was worse because I'd already done that fatal attraction storyline on GH. So I asked her if we could do something different. Mm, no. So we did the fatal attraction storyline. And then a few months later, they called and asked me to come back. So I got to renegotiate my contract and I got to get, you know, more money, more time, more episodes and a much more interesting career on the show, you know, with lots of fun. So then, um, but that was General Hospital. Um, I just missed up. No, it wasn't. That was Alex. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so confused. How about we start this again? Because you were, I, I thought you would, yeah, we're going to start it again. Uh, how I, my, okay. um, we're going to start Michael again. Malone and Josh. One second. <laughs> we're going to start it again because you got the whole story wrong. You were talking about Alex. Not really. Oh, part of it you did because you, you even said. It's okay. Came back. Okay. okay. It's a, it was the same thing that happened. In both yeah. stories. Okay. So let's talk about life after General Hospital. I know you are a devoted uh, mother. We here at Cindy's Celebrity Corner and your family. Do you want me to redo that? Do you want me to redo that? Would you do okay. it? You want me to redo that part for you? Yeah, let's redo of course. the whole thing because it came out. I'll try to make it more. I'll try to make it more concise. I'm going to start with the question of which char- uh, which character do you like better, Alex or Olivia? That's where we're going to start, and then because that's okay. right when you answer the first question, right away the wrong character. I don't even think you realized it. Because I know both characters. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you are yeah. first. So we'll start again right there. No, I was on GH first. Oh, that's right. GH and then Alex. Because you did go back to GH after this. It was Olivia, then Alex. Then I went back for a minute. Yeah. Okay. We'll start again. Okay. Which character I, did you like Cindy? better? Oh, you want to start all over from scratch? No, just this <laughs> that's, what, that's what start all over means to me. Oh, you want to do the whole thing again? Okay. okay. You know what? We're gonna no, I'm fine. Okay. 
The train's probably leaving soon. Okay. And I have a seven o'clock thing, so that was a joke. I know. Okay. Which we have no no trains. Okay. Which character did you like better, Olivia or Alex? Well, I loved them both. I really did. Um, you have to fall in love with your characters or you don't do a good job playing them. Olivia was, she was brought in at the funeral of, uh, of, of a mobster and she met Duke and they immediately set up this fatal attraction storyline. And when I first realized I was going to be a heavy, I'd always been an ingenue before. I took my scripts to uh, a very special coach who turned out to be almost a surrogate mother to me. And I said, how am I ever going to be taken seriously with this blonde hair and these blue eyes when I say, you know, that stop or I'll kill you. Or if you don't take care of these people, they're going to be dead. I mean, how do I talk so that people don't go, (laughs) right? And she taught me how to find that incredible strength and anger and, uh, and need, um, tremendous need to win. And, uh, so I learned how to do that through Olivia. And then we turned her all around with Colton and that was a beautiful story. And then we got another producer and, they decided to kill her for the second time and um, they tried to kill her the first time and it was on the cover of a, a soap opera digest and everybody was there with their tools that they were going to kill me with and then I didn't get killed off and then the soap opera was very upset because the soap opera magazine was very upset so for digest again because I didn't die <laughs> um, but the people were really fans and they didn't want me to go so they found other ways to keep me until another producer came along and uh, and he put me in a coffin. So I thought, I figured that was it. You know? So then I started looking around and I got to be on One Life to Live. The problem was I didn't want to move to New York. I really loved it here. But you know that I would stay in New York the rest of my life, ever. I had no interest in going there. I, I kept asking God for the want to. Dear God, please make me want to go to New York and do this work. Please make me want to move. And one day I woke up and I had the want to. And I was able to tell myself, you know, that I can do this for two years. And I can save enough money to come back and buy a postage stamp piece of property on, on uh, in Toluca Lake or South Adventure on Sherman Oaks back then. And uh, that's what I did. I fell madly in love with New York and um, and then I fell madly in love with Connecticut and I loved Frank Valentini and I loved Ray J and I loved Bob Iger and I just, I, I loved Jeff Mason and I loved Dennis Swanson and I just loved everybody there. I loved our cast, our crew. They just, they just embraced me and made me feel at home. Well, we hope and, one day, uh, yeah. and everybody at General Hospital. Well, we we hope one day you'll be able to get back on General yeah. Hospital. The way, that, you know, the way soaps are, you could die. I would back. love to. I would love to. Now, aside from yeah. that. Yeah. Well, every, every show I've been on, the crew has been great. 
Who do you still Pardon? keep in touch with? Who do you still keep in touch with? Oh, I keep in touch with. On which show? Both shows. Um, Tristan, Tristan, um, my brother, uh -huh. um, William DeFry, uh -huh. um, Rebecca Staub. Um, let's see. I said Tristan and his wife. Um, Ken Schreiner, John Stamos. Uh, I'm trying to think of everybody. What about from One Life to Live? I have a lot. Oh, Tom Christopher. Um, and uh, so many people. Uh, Cassie Wesley, the Piva, Piva. Um, Laura Bonarigo. She's a really killer life coach. Did you know that? I did not know that, but that's good to she's know. She's a life. Oh, if you if you follow her on Twitter, you won't believe it. She's she's really really done done well. She's just done she's been great. Um, so one thing about I keep up with Jess Walton. Hmm? One thing about you is that you played characters that were not really the nicest family member, so to speak. You've had issues in your characters, but. That shows what a great actress you are because you recently lost your husband. You were very devoted to for many years and you have two amazing daughters. Tell us a little bit about motherhood. Well, uh, I really wanted to get married and have children. You know, it's something that I wanted to be an actress. It was a huge dream of mine growing up. And then, um, and a producer and, and, you know, I'm entrepreneurial and I, I like to write. I went to Hopkins for writing and all that when I was young. But boy, I was 37. And my biological clock was ticking, you know, like Marissa uh, says. Um, so I, I just thought that I would adopt babies. That's, that was my, well, I was going out on dates and my friend said, you know, how'd it go? And I'm like, I don't think he's going to make enough money to take care of me and the kids if I stop working. And they're like, don't you think you're putting a little bit of pressure on your dates? Wasn't it just a date for dinner? Well, yeah, but I'm not wasting my time, you know? So, um, <laughs> so it was really hard. So they, um, they told me I could, I could go through Catholic charities and my girlfriend, Lori had gone through Catholic charities and she had two beautiful children that I adore. Um, they're both people of color and I'm adore, I adore, 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 adore them. To me, they're just a niece and sky. That's it. They always have, always will. And now they've got babies and I'm just loving that. So, so that was going to be fine. So I went back to LA to work, um, after one life to live. And I went to the deep October center for wellbeing. And there was this man there who was fighting with the, with the, with the, he was, he was a know-it-all. He was talking back to the teacher and he was, he, he knew all the answers and, um, and, and anyway, it's a funny story. I'll tell you when we have more time, but I, but I, I fell in love with him and, uh, he was from Cleveland. So I knew he couldn't be the right man for me because God wouldn't have me move back to Ohio. I was raised in Ohio and it was too cold. So I put my worst foot forward and he didn't go away. He asked me to marry him in six months, and we got married in less than a year, and 
we had Isabella, which was the greatest day of my life, and uh, bar none. And uh, and then I had Abriana uh, 15 months later, which was the second greatest day of my life, besides the day I got married. And then there's the Emmy nomination. But I never thought the Emmy nomination would be after anything, but it is. Well, I started writing a, a show about dating over 50. And I had so many funny stories in it. So I started working with a man who was writing uh, out of Quebec and he's written several things. And he, for some reason, he just thinks I'm great. I don't know why, but I, I ask him all the time. He's, he's really a big, a, a big supporter of mine. And I can't, I can't tell you how grateful he feels. So, um, He's an attorney. He was on the stock exchange. He's just done so many huge things, and he really believes in me. So we started writing um, my show, and he decided that it would be better for me if it were a romantic thriller. And I could take my comedic smaller part and write that as a sitcom. Tell us about the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a short film, and it's about, it's a true story. And um, the producer's brother-in-law didn't take his sobriety seriously. And he also had a mother, who I play, who um, also didn't take his, his sobriety seriously or his drinking seriously because she had a terrible drinking problem. So um, it's not funny, but it's ironic that in the first scene, my character says something like, oh, yes, I'll have another one of those martinis and, uh, and, and, and the olive. Yes, thank you. And then I take the olive and I eat the olive and I put it back. And he goes to get the next one and I take the olive and he takes the glass. And then I take it. And I, put it. I must have eaten 10 olives. And they're huge ones. And in our show... General Hospital, I still yes. consider my and vodka and martinis are a thing. It's like a theme or a gif or whatever you call it of me and, and my sister, Ava. So when I got on this set and they've got me drinking martinis and olives and they loved the way I did it so much that it was a little bit funny, even though the situation isn't funny. This is sort of funny. They ended up with a camera right next to my face I mean like touching my face in one of the in one of the scenes and they want to see me drink the martini really <laughs> sad um but I I love doing anything and I I met the, the greatest people I just love what I do I just love it now you have a live event so coming I gotta up. get an agent and a manager Oh yes, you have to. Yes, tell us this is all. huge. Um, um, it's the Guardian Angel. Um, Sam and Ziad Kazab with Senator Matt Dunaskis present the fourth annual salute to our warriors, and it's Friday, July twenty third, six to ten, and the VIP event is from five to six. 
And all the information, if you want to make, be a sponsor, if you want to come, you'll see me. And I have to tell you, there's some other people coming that I'm not allowed to mention that will knock your socks off. So um, here it is. And she's got it on the flyer here. Um, yes, Cindy Celebrity Corner. I have is it on my yeah, it's really important that, that you at least take a look at it and make a donation of some kind. These are fallen and wounded warriors, not just, not just, uh, just, they're for everybody. It's, the, it's to support the fallen and wounded warriors. And everybody so, knows um, you. Knows I have you. family. My whole family's in the military. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. On my mom's side. So. Tanya Walker, we could go on and on and on. We invite you back, but it's time to close this section up, this ep- uh, this part of the show. So thank you so all much right. for joining us. And we look forward to all of the events. Thank you. Maybe you'll surprise us in uh Thanks. I wanna I wanna meet I wanna meet your other two guests sometime. We'll they look really out. interesting, your other two guests. Well, we can make those. Okay, fantastic. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much Thank for having me. Thank you so me. much. Love I know you. how busy you are. Bye-bye. Thank you. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner.